0: The answer to your question is don't overthink it. Consider the shift fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2x speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America.
1: Hey workwives, it's Savannah from Pearland. I started a new job at the end of last year and my boss is requiring quarterly performance reviews until I've hit the one year mark. I like the idea, but I just feel so unprepared each time we sit down to do my evaluation. How am I supposed to be preparing for performance reviews?
0: Savannah, we love a good Pearland shout out. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, that's outside Houston.
1: If you know, you know, I guess.
0: Yeah. Savannah, first and foremost, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. You're doing an amazing job. The answer to your question is don't overthink it. That, that's really it, but we're obviously, ask your wife is going to get into some details. We'll elaborate. I want that means. <laughs> My favorite like analogy for you to think about, and because you're from Texas, you will get it, is in high school, I was in like GTAP classes, but every year we still had to take the state standardized test. It used to be called the star test and the tax test and the TEEX test. and the, know, There's a T in it and a <laughs> sound somewhere. Because it's Texas. Yeah. And they change it every couple of years. And I had a teacher who had to remind us, that like, listen, you guys are working two to three years ahead of other kids in your grade. So you have to forget all the stuff you've learned in the last couple of years and just focus on the basics. This test you're about to take, the standardized Texas test, this test is what test that everyone takes. This is the test that's going to get you from 11th to 12th grade. That's it. Do not think about it more than that. So a performance review is the same thing. It's a pass-fail. It's a checkbox. It's a, Is she a valuable asset to the company? Is she adding to our bottom line? Is she doing her job, as in the job description? That's it. Don't overthink it. My brain (laughs) (laughs) wants this to be harder. Exactly. And I think Savannah's probably does too. Like, how does your brain
1: encounter a... (laughs) We've had coaching like this. What are they thinking? Why are they thinking? What are they going to do with it? How do they come to this? What's on the test? Sit down. It's a pulse check. Are you alive? Yes. Okay. Then you've passed the test. Right. Especially for people like Savannah. Ask her work wife. Women, listeners, like, you're ambitious. You're already doing... The most. The actual most, actually. So like, I think that's a good reminder for Savannah and me, frankly, is like, there are things in our lives that aren't actually testing our ambition. Shocker.
0: (laughs) What a performance review is, is literally a structure by which HR can determine, like put you in a bucket. Is this person eligible for any kind of raise promotion, even a lateral move? Or are they somebody that like might be on the layoff list? Because they're not adding to the bottom line.
1: Yeah. and In fact, I would even say it's not about whether or not you're eligible for a raise or a promotion. It's about whether or not you're ineligible for a raise or promotion.
0: Agreed. A hundo. This, this goes back to the pass fail concept. Yeah. Like the pass fail is really like, did they fail? Not really, are they passing? It's just, have they failed? With that in mind, let's get into the logistics of what is a performance review and how does it happen and where does that information go? I think that'll help a lot.
1: At the end of the day, a performance review is a submission of various text boxes that are filled with your manager's comments about your work. Yeah, it's it's just a piece of paper that gets housed in your permanent file right. in HR, right? right?
0: How it gets to that point is? Your manager has been given literally a list of questions. Yeah, a list of questions with little text boxes around them, right? They may fill it out, parts of it first. They may schedule with you to fill parts of it out first, like... Well, either way, it's a chicken and egg problem. Like It's going to get filled way- out. <laughs> and there's going to be a meeting about it with you.
1: The meeting's the only thing you have control over. Exactly. It's the only influence you have. Mm-hmm. And your job during that meeting is to convince them that you're in the past list. Yes. Yay. <laughs> and in fact, to give them the information that they need in order to write glowing review in the text boxes.
0: So to answer your question very specifically, Savannah, like if you can go into the meeting, your performance review meeting with your manager and give them the language to put in the box, that's you winning. The boxes generally fall into three categories, strengths or your work products, like what you're actually doing, weaknesses or areas of improvement, and then like other shit, personal improvement, personal development, professional development, books to read, cute stuff. Mostly that's just like a corporate feel good of like, oh, we care about the whole employee. No, they don't. Just, that's why it's at the bottom. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's easiest for you to answer though. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're filling out text boxes or you're sitting in a meeting with your manager in order for them to fill out the text boxes. Right, Exactly. Your job in a performance review is to keep your job, and the way to do that is to report on what you've done.
0: What have you done in the last 90 days? Quarter. Add, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tee, to add to the bottom line. Have you made us money or have you saved us money? If you have done none of those things? Well, okay. It's not Re- good performance. <laughs> yeah, your performance <laughs> isn't going to be great. But, like, bottom line is this is a reporting meeting. You are reporting on past performance. It's not a status and not a one-on-one. Statuses and one-on-ones tend to be forward-looking. Um, if I were in finance, <clears throat> Savannah. Your status one-on-one is a forecast, right? It's like how you're doing right now and your one-on-one is a forecast of like what you'd like to be doing in the future. Performance reviews are literally quarterly earnings reports. They're reporting on what we've done in the past.
1: Exactly as it happened. Mm-hmm. Performance reviews are not an ask.
0: The statuses is like, how do we get a tactical thing done? You're asking for things. One-on-one is like, how do I get my career move forward? You're asking for things. A quarterly performance review is just reporting on your past performance. <laughs> Turns out. Reviewing it's, your past performance, if named. you will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think there's a very... Typical misunderstanding about performance reviews, um, especially if you're an ambitious woman, again, like Savannah, me, mm-hmm. you, listeners of this podcast, like we want to do the most. 11th grade, gifted and talented, <laughs> advanced <laughs> placement, Vanessa, wants to do the most. And the reason I say we should ask for raises in all meetings, this one maybe not. Exactly. This is not the meeting you ask for a raise in because it's just reporting back. It's
0: not that forward thinking one-on-one where you're asking for like, what's my next move? What's my next increase? What's my next whatever? This is the tax test to get you from 11th to 12th grade, not the SAT that's going to determine which college you get into in the future. This is just I'm keeping my job. Furthermore, let's double down on this. If you're going to ask for a raise, it needs to be off cycle. There will be quarterly performance reviews and there are likely year-end reviews. And the year-end review is typically where people like to ask for their raise. The problem with that is everyone and their mother is asking for a raise then. Like the C-suite has said you've got $100,000 to split between anyone who wants a raise. Well, that's literally all 1,000 people. So Mm -hmm. everyone gets $1,000. I can't do math. Was that good math? Nope. Everyone gets $10. (laughs) Either way, Savannah, (laughs) don't judge us. (laughs) This is why we're not in in finance.
1: finance. (laughs) I'm editing this episode right now. I've pulled out my calculator and done the math. If a thousand people want raises and the C-suite has allocated $100,000, distributed equally, the number is $100. You should be asking for raises off cycle. In your one-on-ones between your quarterly performance
0: exactly, reviews, exactly right. In fact, the month after your quarterly performance review is a great time to ask for a raise,
1: because <laughs> you just proven that you've been doing amazing work. Great. Mm-hmm. Another common performance review experience is that they're scary, Savannah. They're scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our advice around that particular moment is basically to have more meetings with your manager, and those are your status and your one-on-ones.
0: And and like that provides you not only like a record of what you've done right? So you can go mine that for the data you need in your performance review, but also just like you're having these regular touch bases. Your manager knows what's up. Nothing you present in your performance review should be a surprise. It should be the tax test, not the SAT. It should be stuff you've already learned how to do You learned how to do that in ninth grade. (laughs) You're now in 11th grade being tested on it. It should be pretty smooth sailing if you've been having regular one-on-ones and statuses.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Okay. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the specifics of what to present. Yeah. When, uh, in, the, in the meeting you have with your manager about your performance review and we'll circle back.
0: If you want bite-sized information on how to get more out of your daily corporate grind, follow us on Instagram at askyourworkwife. Savannah, you said like you've been having quarterly performance reviews since you started. That's great. We've actually never said this explicitly on this podcast before, but if you're following the ask your work wife method, when you start a new job, you've set yourself up for a quarterly performance review by asking your manager for what they expect from you in the next 30, 60 and 90 ding, ding, ding days, right? <laughs> like turns out that's a quarter and at the 90 day mark, you should have had a meeting with them that said, Hey, how am I doing? How am I benchmarking against these 30, 60, 90 day goals? Then from there, you take that 90 days and you go out another 90 days and say, okay, what do I want to accomplish in the next 90 and the next 90 and the next 90? That's quarterly performance
1: review by another name. So at your performance reviews, you're then setting your next quarterly goals. You should know what you're reporting on your next performance review and your current performance review. Yeah. Like you always, what you're talking about at any given performance review is not a surprise because a quarter ago, you set out those 90 day goals. Now you're just reporting on them. Yep. And then that just becomes this reporting meeting, which is okay.
0: Here's what we set out to accomplish. Here's how I did. And you should be somewhere between 85 and 95% on each of those goals. If you're less than that, I need to know exactly why. Like there was a massive, you know, core value alignment in the company or you got transferred departments, but like 85, 95, I expect some slippage. It's corporate America. Welcome. Hi. Um, If you want to hit a deadline, good luck. But generally speaking, like you should be about 85 to 95% accomplished on that goal. And it might just need another little lift. It should be very clear why it's not a hundred percent to your manager because they realigned you on something. And this report, like honestly, this report just looks like a regular report. You report on all kinds of things all the time, I'm sure. Like in marketing, how this one channel is doing or how many calls were answered and resolved successfully, how many calls weren't resolved successfully, like whatever the report is. You're doing the same thing for yourself. I recommend you stay in five slides. The first one is like, what were my goals? The two to four is what I did. Here's top performing things. Here's bottom performing things. Here's, here's just like what happened? I set up a bunch of processes and they streamlined this. The original process we had before I started means we spent 90 days from concept to delivery. The new process that I implemented meant we spent five days. That's a real example, everybody. Oh my God. (laughs) Welcome. All I'm going to say is paper sign offs on Instagram posts. That's all. You know, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Then the last slide is suggesting new goals. Like what is the next 30, 60, 90, right? And like you set the next 90 and then your 60 and 30 tend to be like waypoints or milestones, right? Exactly. Where you're going to get this information is from your statuses and one-on-ones. In your status one-on-ones, you haven't really like reported on data there, but it'll give you those mile markers and waypoints to go find the data, right? So like if I'm looking at the last 90 days of statuses, I know that I finished this project on this day. If I go look at the same set of statuses, 30 days prior, it took me two or three weeks to cycle through that. Now it only takes me one. Then you can turn that into a chart. <laughs> awesome. I love me a chart. <laughs> love me a graph. Love me a line graph. Love me shaded interiors. It's amazing. <laughs> Good job team on that. Um, actual visualized data is the best way to transfer information. One of the things in my last job was like measuring growth on an Instagram account. This is data that I collected monthly. Didn't, Need to report on it to really anyone, but you better fucking believe that in my performance review to every single boss that I had, <laughs> I'd send out an email to all the VPs. Hey, guess what? Because of the efforts by your teams, <clears throat> me, <laughs> we we grew by this da 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 da. I just had those, and then a quarterly, I'd put them into a chart. And because like, you already had them, yes, and I and like the chart just only ever got a little bit longer. Like I always started it maybe two months before my start date, and I always marked Vanessa's start date, and then you could see hockey stick graphs. <laughs> Congrats. to date. Yeah. My year to date was amazing. Um, that's, that's the kind of charts you're looking for. And it's going to seem very basic and very obvious. You may have like optimized this thing in your first quarter here. And we're now looking at quarter number five or six or seven. It doesn't matter. Cause you're still saving the company money. Exactly. And if you were to stop doing what you're doing, you'd have an increase of expenditure somewhere.
1: If you haven't been doing this since you've started, Don't worry about going back to your start date. Just go back the last three months and pick up from there and keep going. Keep it up as you go. 20% of your job should always be making internal notes and data collection for yourself, for your resume, for your next job, for your next move. Whether you're pulling it from your statuses, your one-on-ones, or your internal data collection, which should also be reporting your statuses and (laughs) one-on-ones. It's all the same numbers. You just have to stick it in a slide for your performance
0: review. As Holland always says, if work happens and no one hears about it. It didn't.
1: Happen.
0: <laughs> so Savannah, we hope that helps you prepare for your next one. I think your next one's probably in September, October, if they're quarterly. Quarterly, yeah. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. If you want to send us your five slides, we're happy to look at them. Ooh, yeah. I know, right. <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> we can design them for you. If you want. This is not an open for everyone. We know Savannah. Um, but yeah, we're we're excited for you, and we hope that prepares you for your next quarterly performance review.
1: Good luck. She doesn't need luck.
0: No, she's got this in the bag.
1: Question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with Hey, Workwives! Distributed equally, the number is $100. I feel like that was a word problem on the (laughs) tax (laughs) test.
0: And we just like failed the tax test. We're not allowed to take the SAT. Fuck this whole episode. (laughs) Fuck this whole episode. But on Savannah, we love you.